Um, so grateful that you're here and excited for what God has in store for us today. I'm very passionate about the message and I can't wait to dive into it. Before I go there, I just want to pause and just simply say that I am so excited about what's happening tonight. Uh, we are having what we call our dream team party. It's the one time of the year where we just get to have fun, hang out, and celebrate the amazing men and women and students that we call the dream team that make an incredible difference each and every week, each and every week by serving and volunteering and making a difference in all the respective areas. And hey, would you do me a favor and give our dream teamers a round of applause? They're they're out and about right now as we are uh, here gathered together. They're in the children's area, out in the lobby area, in the production booth, and over in Lake Nona, and just all over the place. And so we couldn't do what we do if it were not for the amazing men and women and students that do the amazing job to help uh, fill holes and to impact people's lives. And so tonight we're going to have fun. We're going to do it 60 style. And so uh, it's going to be a lot of, a lot of great uh, laughter and a lot of great memories, but also we are just now weeks away from Easter Sunday, and as many of you know, uh, Easter Sunday is without question uh, perhaps the single biggest day of the year uh, for those of us who are followers of Christ because it's Resurrection Day, and we get to celebrate the greatest event that ever took place or ever will take place uh, in human history. And, and so with that in mind, um, what an opportunity for us to be able to invite coworkers and friends and neighbors um, to be a part of our four services on that day. We're having a, just so you know, we have an 8.30 and a 10.30 here in, uh, in Conway, and then we have a, a 9.30 and 11.30 in Lake Nona, and immediately after the 11.30, out on the football field there at the high school, we're going to be having a huge Easter egg hunt, and uh, some 10,000 Easter eggs will be distributed. So on your way out today, make sure you get uh, one of these sleeve of Easter invite cards. We're just weeks away from uh, this incredible opportunity. And I have learned just from um, talking with people, more people are receptive to come to church at Easter perhaps than any other weekend or Sunday of the calendar year. So I just wanna encourage you, uh, take full advantage of extending those invites. Uh, you know, it's been said that 87% of people in America would be willing to go to church if someone simply invited them. That's staggering, staggering to me to know that the vast majority of the people would be willing to go to church if somebody just reached out and said, hey, come sit with me. I'll pick you up. Let's go together. We'll have lunch afterwards. It's amazing how God can use us to make a difference in that way. Well, today we are uh, continuing in our series called My Why, and today is week four. And what we've been learning is we've been learning some, uh, some great truths from some of the great heroes of the faith. We began this series um, looking at uh, the prophet Isaiah, and uh, we also talked about Jacob, and we also talked about Mary last week. And one of the things that we have found and really have, I think, really learned from is the fact that all of these people discovered their divine purpose, their divine direction, really from having a personal encounter with God and, and really working through the difficulties and the challenges that sometimes we have to go through in order to fill in that blank of really discerning and discovering our true purpose, our why in life. And one of the things that I find great encouragement from is reading the verse of scripture in Hebrews chapter 12, in verse one, it says these words. And I love this because it's just a source of inspiration um, to each of our lives when we think about the affirmation and the encouragement we get from our brothers and sisters in Christ who've already gone before us. In other words, they've already run their race. They crossed that finish line. 
And because they did it, we can do it too. And I believe they're in heaven applauding us and cheering us on. And that's what Hebrews 12 says. It says, and as for us, Paul is saying, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin that, so easy, that we easily fall into. So we got to get rid of the stuff that, you know, that maybe we're still dragging around with us. we got to close the door to our past once and for all, embrace what God has for us. And, you know, we got to stay focused on Christ so we don't fall into the temptations that we're prone to fall into and we take our eyes off of Christ. And when we do that, it says these words. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination. For the path has already been marked out for us. So God has a plan. He has a purpose for your life and for mine. And what we got to realize is that the race that he has already called you to run is unique to you. And we have got, we've got to understand what that race looks like for us, what that path looks like. Because God wants you to run a race, and he's there to cheer us on. He's there to help encourage us along the way. But we've got to discern what that race looks like. In other words, what it is that God wants us to do and how we're supposed to live our lives so that we can make an eternal difference in this one and only life. God didn't just put you here just to take up space or just to make money. No, he, God created you for a reason, for a purpose. Not only are you gonna live forever, but he wants you while you're here in this one and only life to make a difference in according to the way that he has wired you so that you can make an eternal difference in the lives of people. Bottom line, God wants you and me to take as many people to heaven while we're here as we possibly can. Can I get an amen? So that's our reason, that's our purpose, that's our why, but we've also have a specific lane. I believe that God wants us to run down. Now, I want to pause here before we just kind of dive into the heart of everything. And I just want to ask you a question. Has there ever been a time in your life, and I'm speaking for myself, I can relate to this. Has there ever been a time in your life where you just felt like you were displaced? In other words, God forgot about you. You ever thought about that? I think sometimes it's easy to fall into a trap where we just kind of feel maybe out of place. We feel... Maybe as though, um, I don't know, God has just kind of like forgotten where he, where he placed us. And sometimes it's easy to feel frustrated and agitated because you just kind of feel like, you know, you've kind of been stranded or left alone to figure things out. And sometimes it's easy to just kind of cry out to God and say, God, hey, just, just, just to make sure I'm still here. <laughs> just to make sure you haven't forgotten about me. You know, I, I, I'm here if you haven't noticed, and I think sometimes we feel as though we've been displaced, as though God has forgotten where he has placed us. It's kind of like here recently, I had misplaced my, Air, my AirPods. Um, my son Luke gave me a set of AirPods for Father's Day last June, and so uh, these had a little sentimental value, and so because he gave them to me, they were important to me, but honestly, I fell in love using these things. I love using these, and so I can kind of just check out, and when I'm studying, and I'm reading, or I'm listening to music, or whatever, I can not only block out all the other noise, but it just helps me even retain things, and so um, I had these in one day. I was at a coffee shop, 
and I was studying, and then after I was finished, I kind of packed everything up, took, took the ear, um, little buds out of my ears, and put everything back into the little case, gathered my things, got in my car, and I had to go run a few other errands before I went home. I'll never forget, I went home, and, uh, and, it, and, and then several hours later, I went back looking for my, my AirPods, and I couldn't find them. And so I started to panic, and so I went back to the place where I was there at the coffee shop and couldn't find them. And so, you know how you, you start backtracking, you start thinking about all the places you had been, but I was convinced that I had them in my hand when I left the coffee shop. And then somebody told me, well, hey, did you check the app, the little find your phone, you know, app, and it'll tell you perhaps where they are, and went through that whole process, and sure enough, it said that last time they were used was at the coffee shop. Well, days went by, and I was so frustrated because I, I just knew they were somewhere, couldn't find them. And then I went back into my closet because I had worn a black hoodie, and they had pockets in them, and I, I thought I had remembered putting them in my hoodie. They were not in that hoodie. Several other days went by, and then it kind of clicked. I'll never forget, I went back into my closet, and sure enough, I checked another black hoodie that I have, and boom, there were my my pods. So I was relieved. And you know what's interesting is that a lot of times when we feel out of place, we feel displaced, sometimes we feel like, you know, God, have you, have, have you forgotten where you've placed me? I think we have to remind ourselves that, listen, just like we're going to learn today, that there is no place that is out of place when you're in God's place. So here's what you got to understand today. God has a place for you. And just like these AirPods, I believe at times God is trying to remind us, hey, I have you in my pocket. I've had you in my pocket the whole time. You have just been searching for the wrong place. You've been searching at the wrong places. And so here's what I want to encourage you with today. There's a woman in the Bible by the name of Esther. And Queen Esther, she's often referred to. And I believe if Queen Esther were to come alongside and she were to sit down with you and she were to look you in the, in the eye and just have a heart-to-heart -heart conversation, I think she would want you to understand that God has a place for you. So I want you to turn to your neighbor, look at him right now, and just look at him in the eye and say, hey, God has a place for you. God has a place for you. He truly does. And I think what happens a lot of times is that we, we, we fail to realize that, that God does have a place for us. And if anybody could relate, it was Queen Esther, uh, simply because most of her life growing up, she felt out of place. Um, she, her parents died when she was very young. She was adopted by uh, her uncle by the name of Mordecai. She was basically raised in a foreign land, she being a Jew. As, as you, if you know this story in the book of Esther, uh, the Jews were uh, taken into exile. They were there in Persia, and, um, and now she's living in a foreign place. Um, she always perhaps felt comfortable living with her uncle Mordecai and the family, and um, she just kind of felt disconnected. She felt, in many ways, um, you know, alone and isolated. And, and also, you know, we're going to learn here in just a few moments that even though through God's divine intervention and through his sovereign will and plan and purpose for her life, she was ultimately elevated 
into the king's court. She eventually became queen over all of Persia. But at the time, even when she was selected to be the queen of Persia, she still, because she was a simple girl, still felt very misplaced. I'm sure there are some of you here today who can relate because maybe you're living in Orlando and maybe home is somewhere different to you. Maybe you came to Orlando because of a job opportunity that was made available and you've had to leave friends and maybe you left your, you know, your familiarity, you left your family, maybe your parents and relatives, maybe they're somewhere else and you know, and maybe you're here alone. You know, a lot of students come to Orlando to, to study, to go to school, and they're kind of alone, disconnected, isolated. Maybe um, you, you're in a situation where maybe you're, you're in a job, and maybe that job is, is perhaps helping, you know, pay the bills and put food on the table, but maybe it's not really something that you personally enjoy. It's not something that you know, that you're very passionate about, long-term, you know, you don't perhaps see yourself doing what you're currently doing, but yet you feel somewhat displaced and out of place. Maybe you're around a group of people, and maybe this group of people would often refer, be referred to as, you know, your friends, and maybe those are colleagues at work, or, you know, people that, you know, you hang out with at school, but, but maybe they're not necessarily the best influence in your life or over your life. And, and maybe you don't have a whole lot in common with those people that you even refer to as your friends. And maybe for some of you, you're at a place, you're at a stage, you're at an age or season in your life where, you know, maybe you've already accomplished a lot. You know, maybe you've gone through situations and circumstances. There's already been a lot of lessons in life that you have learned and things that you have overcome. And, and maybe because of your experience and your gifts and your knowledge and, and just all of your life skills, maybe you've been thinking to yourself, you know what, I just feel out of place because I have so much more to offer and I don't know what it is that I can do to make a difference. I think so many people wrestle with the fact that, God, I know you've placed me here in this world. And, God, I know there must be a destiny for me. I know there's got to be a greater purpose for my life. But, God, I just feel displaced. God, I feel that I don't necessarily have what I could have when it comes to maybe a purpose for me to fulfill. And I just want to say to you, again, if anybody can relate to that feeling, to that situation, to maybe where you are at this stage or season in your life, listen, Esther can relate to all of that. And I can relate. Michelle and I, we moved here nearly 20 years ago. And it's crazy the, the fact that we, we moved from Texas to Orlando and we felt in a lot of ways alone, disconnected, isolated from, you know, other people family members in different parts of the country. And when we moved here, we knew no one. And, and it's easy sometimes, especially when you go through difficulties and hardships and you're going through them alone to say, God, have you forgotten about me? Have you forgot where you placed me? And I believe once again, God is trying to remind us, hey, 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 I've had you in my pocket the whole time. And what you gotta remember is this, there is no place that is out of place when you are in God's place. And so with that in mind, there's a couple of things that I just want to share with you today. And um, when it comes to Queen Esther, here's what's fascinating about Queen Esther. Queen Esther found herself in a unique place. It was, it was all of a sudden a challenging place, but yet through the difficulties and the problems that she endured, 
God placed her in a rare opportunity where she ultimately discovered her why, her purpose. And here's what's fascinating to me. When Esther um, was, you know, a young girl, the king at the time, uh, his name was King Ahasuerus. And the king, uh, for whatever reason, I don't know what happened, but basically he, he got mad at his former wife, who was the, at the time the queen, and uh, basically he got rid of her. And so he wanted to get a new, he, want, he, he was trying to find her replacement, so he wanted to find a new queen. So they threw a, what would be equivalent to the Miss Persia pageant, and they were going to usher all these prospective queens before the king. And so they lined them all up one by one. They came in, and the king looked at all of these beautiful Persian women. But there was a young girl who was also in the line, who was a part of the Persian beauty contest there, and it was Esther. Nobody knew this at the time, but she was a Jew. And so here she is. She's in this Persian beauty pageant, and because she was beautiful, she literally captured the heart of the king, and he crowned her the queen of Persia. So here's this little obscure girl who felt displaced, out of place most of her life, all the trials and the hardships, growing up in a foreign land, different culture, different customs, all the, thing that, all the things that she overcame, and then all of a sudden, she is handpicked by the king to be the queen over all of Persia. Well, through this situation, because she was in the king's court and because she was around a lot of the important people, she had received a message from her uncle. And her uncle had overheard that there was a plot from the number two man. There was a plot to annihilate all of the Jews. The number two man did not like Mordecai. And because he had a chip on his shoulder and he wanted to take revenge, he got mad one day and he told the king, he made up a story and basically he had the king to put in writing to make a decree that all of the Jews would be annihilated. But when a letter was sent out to all of the region and all of the Jews were informed what was getting ready to happen, Mordecai had received the letter and when he saw his fate and he understood the fate that was not only going to kill him but kill all of the people, he sent word to Esther. So here she is, a girl who was displaced, out of place, who's now in God's place. And notice what Esther chapter 4, verses 13 and 14 says, Mordecai sent this reply to Esther. Hey, don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you will escape when all other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. But you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps... You were made queen for such a time as this. So what does that say? No place is out of place when you're in God's place. Guess where Esther was? She was exactly where God wanted her and where God needed her in that moment. And it was in that moment that 
through the message that her uncle had conveyed to her that she began to realize, God has a why for me. This is my divine destiny. This is my purpose. This is the reason why all of those situations and circumstances had been orchestrated so that I could be here in this moment at this place for such a time as this. And so here's her reply to her uncle in verses 14 and 16, it goes like this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, I will go in to see the king. And if I must die, I must die. In this moment, Esther began to realize that God had a bigger purpose and a plan for her life than anything that she could have ever imagined. And what's interesting is that through this process, we learn a couple of things. In fact, there's a lot of things we can learn through Esther's life, but there are two things. If you're taking notes today, I hope you jot these down. Number one is this. Here's the first lesson. That is, her hesitation was replaced with direction. Her hesitation was replaced with direction. And you know, when you think about it, her life was in danger. And here's the reason why. Because you could not approach the king, you could not go into the king's court, you could not enter into his presence unless you were summoned. So it's kind of like jury duty. You ever everybody been summoned and to go to jury duty before? You know, maybe you try to make every excuse, but hey, when you're summoned, you're summoned. You got to show up before the, before the, you know, before the, you know, the court, well, the same is true with the king. You had to receive a summon in order to come into his presence. So you had to make even a request. And, and so even when you went into his presence, if there was something that, he, that displeased him, I mean, you literally could lose your life. As a matter of fact, if you were to go in unannounced, not only was there a high probability that you would be, that you would be killed, the only way you would escape would be for the sheer reason that the king would take his golden scepter and he would move it in towards your direction. That would basically be a sign that he accepted and he approved of you being in his presence. Well, as a result of what Mordecai had communicated with Esther, and when she began to connect the dots that she was at that place in that moment for such a time as that, that God somehow, some way was going to use her all of a sudden the things that she was reluctant about, the fear that had gripped her had suddenly been, re had been replaced with a sense of direction in her life because now there was a divine destiny. There was a purpose. There was a why that she had to fulfill. And she knew it was up to her to go to the king and convince him to save her people. Which leads me to the second reason, or the second lesson, I should say, that we learn from Esther's life, and that is her questions were replaced with convictions. You see, her questions about her own existence, her why, her purpose, had now all of a sudden been replaced with a sense of confidence and boldness and courage and conviction. You know why? Because the clarity of her purpose and the greater plan that, had, that God had for her life had been revealed. And I'm convinced that a lot of times when we are struggling perhaps in our lives with, you know, maybe trying to figure out what it is that God wants us to do. Maybe what it is that, that we 
are supposed to be pursuing when it comes to fulfilling the destiny that God has for us. You know, sometimes until we get there, we're apprehensive. We're noncommittal. But let me just share a couple of things that I believe we can learn today. And if you're taking notes, I want to just jot, I encourage you to jot some, some of these things down. Let me put it to you this way. If, if, if Esther could sit down with you, here's some things I think she'd want to pass on. And it would be this. Number one, when you don't understand your why, remain faithful. Did you get that? When you don't understand your why, remain faithful. You see, if you're anything like me, it's easy to grow impatient. It's kind of like the, the AirPods I mentioned a few moments ago. You know, they were misplaced, displaced, and man, I, 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 was, I was so frustrated, and I felt agitated. And it's easy sometimes when you feel displaced or out of place, it's easy sometimes to try to take matters in your own hands. It's easy to want to get ahead of God. It's easy to want to kind of push things. You, you begin to try to make things happen. You try to push your own doors of opportunity open. And those, those may not be the very things that God has for you. And sometimes we're so eager to want to jump out there and do something different or do something new. Or, or maybe we're, we, want to, we want to pursue something that we want to do. But yet God is saying, no, 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 no. Hey, no place is out of place when you're in my place. And we have to be reminded that God has you where you are at this moment for a specific time and purpose. And maybe it's for something that he wants to use you to accomplish. But we'll never get that opportunity if we are trying to rush ahead of God. We'll never get that opportunity if we try to take matters in our own hands. That's the reason why the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, so we are convinced, Paul said, that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. Can I just say something? I believe for some of you right now listening to my voice, those of you that are watching us right now online, there may be some of you right now and you just feel buried in the place that you're at. Can I just say that it might be, it may not be the fact that you're buried, it might just be the fact that God has you planted where you are for a specific reason. God had Esther planted in a foreign land, in a place that she didn't belong, but he had her planted there for a reason. She may have felt buried, but God had her planted there for such a time that she was facing. So I just want to say to you, you may be in a job situation you don't like. You may be surrounded by people that you don't like. You may be in a situation where you find yourself standing in the fork of the road and you have no clue what direction you're supposed to go. There are some, some decisions that are hanging in the balance. And you got door number one, door number two, and door number three that you're trying to figure out and you're trying to say, God, I'm going whether you want me to go or not. But God is saying, no, you remain faithful. You let me open the door. You let me close number one. You let me close number two so that I can open number three according to my plan and my timing and my purpose. You just stay rooted. You stay planted. And you bloom where I have you planted. It's 
to remain faithful. And while I'm on this little soapbox, can I just say one other thing that I'm very passionate about? Because I see people all the time who chase after all this stuff. And they're ambitious and they want to succeed. They want to accomplish things. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Some of us, I'm, I'm like that. You are all wired differently. Type A personalities are often prone to just kind of make things happen. They want to achieve things. They want to conquer things. They want to, you know, they want to reach certain goals. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. God places those desires in our hearts. That's how he's made us. But let me share something with you. If our motivation is to be successful in success in the wor- from, the, from, from the world's definition of success, which is to make money and to have influence and to have things, well, I'm just going to tell you right up front that success without fulfillment is ultimate failure. Because you can have all the money in the world, but money can't buy you happiness. You can have all the money in the world and yet still feel empty and unfulfilled. There are millionaires all over the world who can testify to that. They've bought everything. They have everything. They've got power, influence, position, prominence. They have reached the pinnacle of success when it's defined by the world's point of view. But yet they're miserable and they're unhappy. And the reason why is because a lot of them have been unfulfilled because they realize, you know what? There's still something that's got to be more than to all of this stuff. And I just want to say to you that if you come through our doors week after week and you're just taking up space. And you're going out into the world and just doing your eight to five, nine to five, whatever job that you're doing. And if you feel restless and you feel out of place and displaced and you feel as though God has maybe forgotten about you or maybe God has misplaced you. There is no place that is out of place when you're in God's place. And what you got to realize is this. God wants you to be faithful to him. God wants you to bloom where you've been planted. And God wants you to be fulfilled in what you're doing. And there's no greater way to be fulfilled than finding a place and using your skills and using your talents and using the passions that God has placed in your heart, using your life experiences, using your wisdom and your knowledge, using all of those things and the passions he's placed in your heart to make an eternal difference in the lives of people. Because like I said at the very beginning, hey, the greatest single reason why we're still alive, we still have air in our lungs, we have a beat in our heart, is because God has a plan and he has a purpose. And he has you where he has you for such a time as this. And so that you can be a light in the midst of darkness. So that you can have a divine purpose to be fulfilled. So that you can be fulfilled knowing that you're making a greater impact because you are moving the needle of winning more and more people to Christ because that's God's plan and that's God's purpose. And you can do that through the local church. You can build God's house and build God's purposes by one brick at a time. It's just being faithful where you are. And let God reveal to you things that you could have never possibly imagined.
The second thing is this. When you discover your why, it empowers what you do. The Bible says in Philippians 2, verse 13, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. In Esther's case, here she was, a young girl, suddenly thrown into this position as queen. Now her fear was replaced with faith. Because now she had a conviction. She knew her why. She knew there was a greater purpose. And she went before the king. And she pleaded with the king. What she did is she invited him to a dinner. And it was through that dinner that the conversation came up. And specifically the question came up from the king. And he said, Esther, what is it that you want? Why did you want me to come to dinner? Well, in the company of the king and the queen was the number two man in charge. The man who had plotted to annihilate all of the Jews. And it was in that moment that when the king said, what can I do for you? And then all of a sudden, Esther spoke up with confidence, with faith, and with boldness. And she told the truth that the man seated at this table was the very man who had betrayed and had blackmailed. And as a result, it was because of him that all of the Jews were going to lose their lives. And in that moment, the king took that man by the name of Haman and ordered that he literally be killed on the streets in front of all of the people. And it was from that point forward that God used what Esther had accomplished through that conversation to save not just her life, but to save all of her people. You see, I just believe that when we're willing to be faithful and bloom where God has us planted, when we're willing to be patient and wait on God, and we're willing to take what God has given us and and to be used where we are with what we have for such a time as this, I'm telling you, In that moment, God empowers us to do what we do. And God will give us confidence and boldness and faith and courage to do things that otherwise we probably wouldn't do. Because, listen, we're motivated with a greater sense of purpose. We're motivated with a greater why. Because we know that what we're doing and what we're contributing to is making an eternal difference in the lives of other people. Which leads me to the last thing, and that is you can take your next step knowing that God is in control. You can take your next step knowing that God is in control. Ephesians 5.16 says it this way. Take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purpose. So my question to you is this. What is your next step? What is it that perhaps God has been leading you to do that it's time for you to actually step out and do? What is it that maybe you've been holding on to It could be excuses, it could be fear, it could be other things that have been maybe holding you back from moving forward in faith and taking those next steps. Whatever that is, I want to encourage you to do today. Whatever that is that that, that God is leading you to do, I want to encourage you today to take that next step. Just take that next step. For some of you, as soon as we're dismissed here in a few moments, maybe that next step is for you to get baptized. Hey, for others of you, maybe it's time to start serving on the dream team. 
We have Easter coming up in a few weeks, and we have something that, that we're calling our Easter Dream Team. In other words, we, we're inviting more and more people just to join us on that given day because we're going to have a whole lot more people that would be coming through our doors at both of our locations, and we're going to need probably to double up just in all the different serving areas and opportunities. Why? So that we can make a difference in the lives of those people that will be coming through our doors. And if that's something you have interest in, all you got to do is to simply text my why, the words my why to that number on the screen, 97,000. What that'll do is that'll send you a little um, thing for you to fill out. And then there's a form and you just simply submit that to us and we'll get in contact with you. Why? Because that's an opportunity for you to stand in the gap. It's an opportunity for you to serve and make a difference for such a time as this. It's an opportunity for you to step forward in faith and say, God, use me to be your hands, to be your feet, to be your voice. And it could be that next step is to invite a friend at work. Maybe that next step is to begin going to the growth track or whatever it might be. Listen, whatever the next step is, take the step in faith and watch what God will do. Remember, there's no place out of place when you're in God's place. Amen? Let's bow our heads together in prayer.